We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. It is a mailbag Thursday. We are live on Facebook as well as, if you're listening to this now, you're listening to it in the podcast form. We love doing this on Thursday, and there's nothing I'd rather talk about than Bedlam. It's Bedlam week, Kyle. You fired up? We're getting closer. I'm, I'm fired up. I told uh, my wife, who just came in uh, last night, I'm, I'm so excited about this game. It's actually going to be my first game to cover uh in boone Pickens stadium i've done we did jerry world we did austin um but it'll be my first oklahoma state game to officially cover in in bps and i mean it should be it should be a great one i mean we've said that the last two years and it hasn't been but um i gotta go in optimistically what kind of shape are you going to be in in the press box because i'll never forget in 2011 i was sitting next to brian phillips yeah, uh, you know, remember he wrote for Grantland. He wrote those great articles about Squinky, about Justin Blackman, yeah. and he was sitting next to me, just, just like holding his face. He didn't want to make a move. He didn't want to. Yeah. He didn't want to cheer. And Bob Berry Jr., God rest his soul, was sitting right next to him, and he goes, "It's okay, Brian. Oh, she's gonna win." When they were up like forty-one to whatever, <laughs> and he kind of took a deep breath. And uh, I imagine you're gonna be in stitches up there in the press box. Yeah, you know, Kyle Boone and I were, were talking about that because he's going to be there as well. We'll both be covering it. We might be holding each other, like, by the middle <laughs> of the third quarter, just sitting in the – it's, it's going to be – Beetle position? It's going to be completely unprofessional, and we probably won't be allowed to cover another game. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it's funny because, like, people, I think people expect, like, when they watch games with me, which doesn't – I don't watch games with very many people, but I'm really, like – I don't react very to like other than obviously at the Texas game, but like I don't react to very many things because you're, you're working like you're, you're writing down notes, you're thinking about things for later. So it's not like this. Uh, it's not really a very fun experience to watch a game with me, but that might change on Saturday in the press box. Are you going to take your shirt off and lay on press row? <laughs> Can you what imagine? Would do? Can you imagine what would happen if the Central Michigan ruling had happened in like a Bedlam game? Boone Pickens may have gone down on the field and taken his shirt off and demanded Gundy be fired for not knowing the rules. I mean, I, I can't even fathom what, what that would be like. Um, well, this, yeah, is a mean, mail, it, this is a mailbag. We got a lot of questions to get to if you want to hop into those. Yeah, let's um, – before we do that, I need to I need to – tweet or i need to embed the video here but before okay. we do before we do the questions let's um we need to do a toast we haven't done a toast this week so it's time for the coop works toast of the week coop works bring great tasting craft beer in oklahoma city try the flagship f5 ipa the bold dnr belgian strong ale or the refreshing horny toad blonde for your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends enjoy a cold coop works and please remember to drink responsibly Carson who are you toasting and what are you toasting this uh this bedlam week I'm going to toast AJ Green uh mm. since since the F5 comes in a green can I'll, I'll, I'll toast him an F5 for that unbelievable interception he had against uh West Virginia I guess he had two uh both were great this first one was a diving catch he made near the sideline and the second one was just an unbelievable NFL caliber interception He's come on, Kyle. You know, we all were wondering why they moved Ramon Richards to safety with two freshman corners. He and Rodarius Williams have played pretty well. Rodarius has been beaten a few times, but that's going to happen at the Big 12 level when you're a freshman. But I thought A.J. Green was sensational and kind of rewarded the faith the coaching staff had in him and against West Virginia. So I'll toast him, and maybe he can share one with Glenn Spencer because Glenn Spencer's really gotten the most out of his defense the last two weeks. Yeah, that was going to be mine is Glenn Spencer. Um I bet Glenn Spencer goes DNR, like some DNR with his fried chicken, you think? All heavy, yeah. I could see that happening. Uh, I did a post on Wednesday, and I looked at – so we talk about points per drive a lot, like how many stops are you getting, and are you limiting teams to field goals? Well, I kind of weighted that uh, to to look at um, which teams have played the best offenses. Now – Oklahoma State, you know, they haven't faced uh, OU's offense yet. I, I guess that's probably the, the obviously the, the best offense in the league. That's the best offense they they have not faced yet. But 
They've been pretty good, Carson. They've been pretty good against some pretty good offenses, and and they're kind of weighted um, rank within the Big Twelve that I that I looked at. And it was just kind of this method that I came up with was fourth. And now that's behind uh, Iowa State, which has an incredible defense. Texas, Texas was first. They have an incredible defense, and TCU, which is, has pretty good defense as well. But if you're talking about Oklahoma State in the conversation with those three teams. That's pretty impressive. And and there was a lot of people, you know, early in the year saying, Glenn Spencer, you know, I, I don't like him. He should be fired, whatever. They've been pretty good so far in the Big 12. And now you're going to get tested on Saturday. But so far, they've been good. So I'm going to toast a DNR to Glenn Spencer. Yeah, he deserves it. Uh, I was one of those saying earlier in the year they weren't getting enough out of the talent they've recruited on that side of the ball. And the last two weeks they have. And there's this tendency, Kyle, whenever OSU's defense does well, well, oh, well, Will Greer wasn't that good anyway. Oh, that, that David Sills guy wasn't. No, they were leading the nation in touchdown passes and touchdown catches, and they got absolutely torched by OSU's defense. Five turnovers, four interceptions. They were lights out, but I think you touched on it. Different animal on Saturday playing Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. Uh, there's a lot to break down with the defense, but uh, they, they're playing well coming into this game. And maybe maybe the first time of the Gundy era, OSU has the better defense going in this matchup. Uh, 2013 is pretty good. Pretty good defense. That was yeah. probably the, the best. I don't remember what OU's defense was like, but I know that Oklahoma State one. But to your point, yeah, like they rarely, rarely can you definitively say like Oklahoma State's got the better defense like you can this year. Mm-hmm. So you want to get to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, you want to read them or you want me to? Uh, we can go back and forth. I'll start. Okay. I'll. Uh, okay, go ahead. Which one gets cut first, Baker's stash or Gundy's mullet? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably Baker's mustache. I mean, did you <laughs> Gundy on Monday said uh, somebody asked him, I think it was Jenny Carlson said, when your hair is on fire during the middle of a game, and he said, first of all, my hair's on fire. We're losing a lot of money, uh, which was which was pretty hilarious. Uh, I don't I don't think Gunny's gonna cut the hair for a while, so I'll go I'll go Baker stash. Yeah, I mean that's just a bedlam week thing that Baker does, and I I love it. I know he's a everyone hates when we talk about Baker Mayfield, but the guy grew a handlebar. Mu- Let's go back to 2015. This game is for the Big 12 title. Mm-hmm. In an age where everything's on TV and Twitter and everything's a meme, he grew a handlebar mustache and wore it on the national primetime game on ABC on a Saturday night. If you lose that game with a handlebar mustache, you look like a total fool. And he didn't care. Maybe he knew they were yeah. going to dominate. But I just think it's a well, great move. And, and the, the, the <laughs> quote, we're the real outlaws. There's a new sheriff in town. Uh, that's just peak bedlam. Um, so, but yeah, he'll shave. He'll shave first. And and not to mention the 2016, we're in the back to back. Now that's a the the back to back shirt is a savvier move because if you lose, nobody ever sees it because it's underneath your pads and everything. Um, so it's not as prominent. But man, people do get mad when we talk about Baker, and I understand why. Like he can be a, I mean, he is he is what he is. Like he can be a tool <laughs> and whatever, but. He is fantastic for, and we've talked about this a lot, he's fantastic for not only this rivalry in this game, but college football in general. This game is all of a sudden must-see nationally because of Baker Mayfield. I mean, because the teams are good, yes, but also because Baker plants the flag, Baker you know, wears the T-shirt against Tech last week. It, people are tuning in to see what Baker's going to do. And if you're an OSU fan, that's a great thing because – all of a sudden, you go out and beat Baker Mayfield by three touchdowns, and and you've got yourself a, a clear path to uh, potentially the college football playoff at the end of the year. So I I don't see how it's not a good thing. Who would it be more satisfying for OSU fans to beat Baker Mayfield or Landry Jones? I I cover yeah. Oklahoma. Landry Jones put me to sleep, and <laughs> Baker Mayfield is the the direct antithesis of Landry Jones. He's entertaining. He's funny. I love it, and he only adds to the rivalry. So, what yep. question you got? Total, totally agree. Uh, next one is um, – this is a good one. Who do you think will be the guest picker for game day? 
I think it's going to be Dez. Like, I know he plays on Sunday at home. It's in Dallas. That's a very quick flight. I don't know if they go through walk. I don't know what an NFL schedule is on a Saturday. I think but they I would have think, Saturdays free, I think. Do they? Ish. I would think that'd be a pretty quick flight there and back if you had to be back quickly. Uh, I think Boone. Him, him throwing up the X on the game day set would be just tremendous. Uh, I'm going Dez. Uh, There's a lot of candidates, though. They could have Barry Sanders. They could have Thurman Thomas. I think Thurman Thomas would be great. But I'm going Dez. Have have they had Barry before? I don't think so. Maybe they have. Well, they've had game day there quite a few times. Um, They've had Ricky. um, They had Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, yeah. And Ricky, the last two that I remember. I can't remember past that. So it's going to be somebody big. I, I guess I, I think I'll go Barry. Um, he was at the – what game was that? TCU. TCU, TCU. game. Um, and I think he's generally around. So I, I, I can see uh, – I don't know. I, I, I think that's a pretty easy – I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Chance Stokes says they've had Thurman on before. So maybe maybe more Barry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Barry. Dez would be awesome though. That would be awesome. And it's, you know, yeah. as Gundy likes to say, that, that would please the millennials that know Dez more than they know Barry. Uh, this is a great question from Evan Murta. <laughs> OSU is down by six, has one last drive left in the game. Which quarterback-receiver combo would you roll with? Zach Robinson with Aitman and James Washington. Mason Rudolph with Josh Cooper and Justin Blackman. Brandon Whedon with Pettigrew and Dez. Whedon. The Whedon to Dez is like the white whale. It's just the yeah. it's just the, the lost treasure, you know? Because you know <laughs> Dez got suspended. Treasure Dez got, Dez got suspended and then uh, you know, Zach got hurt, but they wouldn't put Whedon in the game. So like they were on the same team and we can only imagine what those two would would have done together. So I'll, I'll, i I got to go Whedon and Pettigrew and Dez. But uh, I tell you we, Rudolph Whedon to Pettigrew Rudolph would be Ru- Rudolph with Blackman would be pretty scary, too. Does Bill Haston still think uh, Pettigrew is the best receiver in Oklahoma State history? Best player. <laughs> not receiver. Best player in the Gundy era, he says, is, uh, is Pettigrew. I love that take. It's so good. Um, He's been hanging out with Mike question. too much. You know, a, he probably he, thinks yeah. Ori Lemon's the best defender of all time, too. Yeah, that was a great question by Evan. Appreciate that. Um, oh, here's a good one from Sammy. My wife is an OU fan. What should I do uh, in the scenario that Oklahoma State wins? I've had very little experience with this. <laughs> so if it happens this year, I will be in total damage control. Um, and also, how can Oklahoma State increase its recruiting? Those are very different questions. But what do you do? A significant other, Bedlam. Well, why don't you go first? You're married, but I know you're married to a cowgirl. But like, what are the what are the yeah. relations like when you have a well a split family? I think I think what you do, I think you I think you play the kind of the silent like just don't even talk about it thing because that's almost worse than gloating about it. So so there are two things that it gets you. First, it's it's worse, and both people know it. And second, you can still play the card of like, well, I just didn't want to rub it in. And like, so you can, you can almost win going both ways. So I would just do nothing, let the game f- speak for itself and, and move on and, and get on pistols firing and read it all night. I would make like uh, subtle references without referencing it. Like, um, <laughs> some, you know, squeeze in like a player's name somehow, like, uh, yeah. Like, can you pass me the mason jars full of iced tea? Yeah, like, uh, hun, uh, I was going to order you, order you some tray flowers this week. Mm. You know, yeah, like, uh, like throwing that. the score, throwing the scores. Hey, what, what was the uh, the bill for that? It was it was forty two thirty one. Yeah, you know if that's the score. So I would yeah. I would I would do subtle jabs that she would wonder if I was referencing Bedlam or not. Yeah. Do Do you want to watch King of the Hill? Different things like that. <laughs> Reasons why I'm still single, by the way, and not married. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I am. Um, okay, what else? <laughs> what else we got? Here? Oh, is it my turn? I think so. Uh, let's see here. There's some good ones in here. We had a lot of questions. 
Okay, consider this is from New Poke. Consider all the variables. Which team has the advantage in the running game, the advantage in the passing game, and the edge defensively? Um. Well, I mean, I think we already talked about defensively. I think Oklahoma State's just better. I don't know how much better they are. Uh, and I think that the teams are – it's not like they're – eons better to where you're like oh Oklahoma State's going to dominate this game defensively I think the teams are relatively similar in in that regard um but I think Oklahoma State's a little bit better running wise I'm not enamored with Oklahoma or I haven't been enamored with Oklahoma State's run game the last couple weeks I think the running backs are better JD King and Justice Hill I just I, I don't I don't um I don't think their offensive line is great I think they're all right. I don't think they're great. And then passing, uh, I I think Oklahoma State. So I'd go OU um, running, Oklahoma State defense, and I guess Oklahoma State uh, passing. Even though they haven't they haven't really taken advantage, or they haven't really had opportunities to sh- to show it off in the last two or three weeks. I think OU has the advantage in the running game. Better offensive line. They're, yeah. They ran for over like 300 yards against Tech, which I know it's Tech, but their running backs have really come on. I mean, Abdul Adams gives them a burst they don't have. Rodney Anderson's having a, a Brennan Clay-like resurgence uh, in it, for his career. and They just have three guys that can get the job done. And I, I think the big concern for OSU is can they hold up against OU's offensive line? That's going to be the, yeah. the, key of the whole, key of the whole game is OSU's defensive line against their offensive line. But I give OU the edge there. I give, I want to give OSU the edge in the passing game, but Mason's health is in question, I guess. Uh, they don't throw it deep anymore based on the coverages that are provided against them. And a guy we didn't mention with our dads is C.D. Lamb. He's, he's a blue chipper, and he's been hurt the last few weeks and really ripped it up against Tech. So that's I, I tend to favor OU's passing game with Mark Andrews, Tamichi Flowers out of the backfield, and just the fact I haven't seen the passing game from OSU for two weeks now. So, what, what's your what's your opinion on that? We've heard a lot from Gundy and and even Mike Yersich the last few weeks of well, you got to take what the defense can give you, and if they show you a, a pass defense, then you run it. Like, do you are you in on that, or are you like, hey, you're the best passing team in the country, just go just go pass on people? While I agree with the counting the numbers in the box and and letting the defense dictate what you do, you also have to put them under some duress and, and dictate what they do. For instance, um, well, that's a bad example, but I just do what you do. Like the 2011 team, did they care what the defense lined up as? Yeah. Once once they got past that A&M game, they're like, oh, no one can cover us. No one can cover Blackman. And when they're trying to cover him, we're going to run it with Randall. So I'm getting James Washington involved early. I don't care what the coverage is. He's going to beat his man. And it's on Mason. It's on Mike Yursich to throw him the ball. And we saw in West Virginia, Washington got angry. He's like, throw me the damn ball. And after that, he had 13 targets and scored the late touchdown. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that we've talked ad nauseum about Gundy's conservative nature in this game. Is Are they going to let it rip or are they going to go into that shell? That's the by far the biggest question in this game. I've been wanting to ask Gundy. I might do it on Saturday, depending on how the game goes. But if if teams have done this in other years where they just loaded up deep and forced Oklahoma State to run the ball, and, and if they did, what did other Oklahoma State teams do about it? Um, my sense is that they haven't done it as much in, in other years because Oklahoma State was – they were better at running the ball in, in 2011. I, I think, Carson, I think that Rudolph has to be – close to perfect on Saturday for Oklahoma State to win this game. You saw in 2011, we didn't, he, he didn't have to really do a ton because the running game was so good for that specific game in Bedlam 2011. I think the running game on Saturday is going to be all right, but I just, um, I don't know. I think Rudolph is going to have to, like you said, like he's going to have to force it, not force it, but he's going to have to hit some windows that maybe he wouldn't normally hit and, and make some plays that, uh, that they need through the air. OSU's not going to be able to run the ball. So I, I don't I, think they I agree. are either. OU's four-man front has been good. Their secondary has not. 
So if, if OSU comes in this game determined to run it 60% of the time and throw it 40 like they have the last five, six games, they're going to lose. I know. So I don't think Mason has to be perfect. I think they have to just air it out a little more than they have in the past. And I'm not asking 55 passes. I'm just saying run your offense. Run the offense we saw against Pitt. Where has that been the last six weeks? Yeah. With with receivers just running wide open everywhere. McCleskey, Stoner, Aitman, Washington. Like, just go on down the list. I haven't even got to my boy Tyron. What if Tyron's the player of the game? Well, I've thought about it. I was actually thinking about that earlier this week because you see in these big time games, it's the players with the most talent that rise to the top, right? Like, like you just mentioned CD lamb, like you're going to see guys on Saturday that you're like, Oh yeah, that guy's really, really talented. Like it just, it just inevitably happens. Tyron could have a hundred yards on. So where, where, where are you going to be at in the press box? Whenever Tyron catches his fourth touchdown to, to beat OU and, and uh, you know, establish himself as a top three round pick in the NFL draft next year. I would be running from the security guards and chest bumping Tyron in the air in the end zone. (laughs) That's what I would be doing. No, I don't think I'm going to be in the press box. I think I'm going to be up on the photo deck where you can be as loud as you want and react however you want. The JW Walsh deck. Yeah. That deck. Is that where he hangs out? Yeah. Um, Herbie says this game is from uh, Carly. Herbie says this game will be a shootout. By the way, Herbie's breakdown of the game was a little, a little questionable. But uh, Herbie pretty, says this pretty, game, pretty generic, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Herbie says this game will be a shootout. Carly thinks it's going to be a defensive battle. What do we think? I'll let you go first. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring than, you know, the tendency in this game with these offenses is to pick, oh, 49 45, you know, I think it's yeah. going to be a little more low scoring than that. I think the defenses will have some success early, and it's going to come down to who makes the better adjustments. And really, is OSU going to play their game? That's, I think, I, I do agree that I think it'll be a little more defensive early, but uh, the, the, these offenses are too good for them to be both be held in the 30s or lower. Yeah, I think it's going to be, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be a, like a 50-49 game, like you said. I, I just uh, – I don't know. I, is, is it just me or have Big 12 games generally been lower scoring this year? I need to go back and look at the uh, the scoring average of the teams. It feels like teams are just – like we've seen like 14-7 last week, TCU-Iowa State. We saw the 13-10, Oklahoma State-Texas. Does that Has that been happening or am I, am I, am I just missing out? Well, I think the quarterback play – from like the besides the top two or three teams has been worse than in years past, but I do think you can make the argument that the defenses have started to catch up a little to the offenses. You know, everyone runs the same stuff now, and I think defensive coordinators have kind of caught up a little bit as to how to play these teams. You know, Iowa State ran the three-man front drop eight to just tremendous success against Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and TCU. OU tried to do that against Tech, and Tech ran the ball all over them, so they're going to go back to their four-man front, but. More than anything, I think the defenses have caught up to bad quarterback play. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels like there's been – and this is just uh, anecdotal. Like I have no evidence to back this up. But it feels like there's been more um, – better defenses and, and more low-scoring games than in the past. So I, I also think it's going to be in the high 20s or, or uh, mid-30s, something like that. Uh, will this get? Uh, will this game answer the question? Does Gundy have an OU problem or a Stoops problem? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of. I think. Which one? Well, I, it's hard because I hate looking at individual games and projecting entire careers, you know, based on them, but. I do think, you know, it's the fourth time that Oklahoma State will be favored in Bedlam. He's one and two in the other games. You you, you lose enough games that you're favored again against a rival, then it starts to become a thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think this this game is – it doesn't feel big for his legacy because it's November 4th and not December 4th. I think it's a big game for his legacy, especially his, like, kind of end-of-career legacy, like the last – six or what however many years of his career i think it's i think it's a big deal well i'm not 
I'm not saying one game determines it, but I think you're going to see in this game whether it's a whether it's a Bob Stoops thing or an, or an OU logo thing. I'm of the opinion it's a logo. Mike Gundy's been living in Oklahoma his entire life. He's this will be his 28th Bedlam playing or coaching. Uh, all you have to do is listen to his mentor Pat Jones talk on the radio when OU comes up, speaks in just reverential tones of Oklahoma. I think. It goes back to when Mike Gundy was a player. He, he views Oklahoma as the pedestal. And he, he has coached like if he can just keep it close late, then he's done his job. That's the totally wrong mindset to have. And I've it's been a narrative for a long time, him coaching in Bedlam differently than other games. It was completely unavoidable last year. It became there for everyone to see it. I made the joke about Barry Sanders returning the kick uh, to start the or at the end of the first half and him not wanting to return it too far so he could take a knee, which he did anyway. Senior. Yeah. And so we're going to see. And I, I think it's a logo thing. But I do know this. You know, Mike Gundy always references his kids and stuff. You know, his oldest son is on Twitter. He has to have seen all the people questioning his father as far as being conservative, being scared, coaching – coaching scared in this game that has to come up at the dinner table so Mike Gunning needs to ask himself is this is this really how I want to approach this game do I really want to be conservative again or does he say look it's not the last game of the year this time I don't know for a fact this is the de facto big 12 title game like last year let's let it all hang out let's let it all hang out don't you think that matters a little bit that it's earlier is that am I making too too much of that yeah I think it, it the the weight of the game is lifted slightly. It's still obviously a massive game. You have to win this if you want to get to Dallas. You have to win this if you want to keep your playoff berth alive. But the sheer weight of walking into the game knowing that if you win this game, you win the Big 12 title is lifted a little. But I think it's a so logo you, thing. You think that his kids say at the dinner table, you won't believe what uh, OK State Probs said about you on Twitter today? <laughs> well... I don't know about that, but I do know his oldest son's all over Twitter, and he has to see, you know, as I've said, I've talked about Gundy like this since 2009 as far as coaching in this game. It's not new to me, but it's now there for everyone to talk about. Yeah. And they're talking about it, and I guarantee you it's got to be thrown in his face at some point this week. And Mike Gundy is this gregarious personality. When he was an offensive coordinator, he was aggressive. Les Miles had to rein him in. Now it's yeah. almost seemingly the opposite. He has to rein in Mike Yersich. So, like, again, there is no shame in losing to Oklahoma. There's not. What the shame is is if you don't try to win the game and you play scared. That's that's where his legacy will be tarnished for me. It's not if he loses the game. It's does he coach scared in this game yet again against his biggest rival. Somebody brought this up the other day. When's the last time? Um, when's the last time Oklahoma State ran a fake field goal, a fake punt, anything like that in a in a game that meant something, or even at all? Like it just it, it and, and this goes back to 2013. This is a little different because OU was a big underdog. Um, Bob Stoops pulled out all the stops. You know they're running fake field goals, they're running trick plays, and it it doesn't feel like. And again, I, I, I would have to go back and look at it. I, I don't even know how you would look it up. It, do, it just doesn't feel like Oklahoma State plays like that in these games. No, I think the last fake punt they ran was against Arizona in 2011. Uh, Quinn, was it Quinn Sharp punting back then? Yeah, he, he ran one. That's the last one I remember anyway. And I don't necessarily think you need to run trick plays. You just got to go for the jugular like they did against Baylor in 2013. You know, I, mean, I referenced the the quarterback throwback pass to Clint Shelf. Like that's that's a trick play. I mean, that's that's throwing they threw the kitchen sink at Baylor and they yeah. stomped them. And over the years when we've seen Oklahoma lose, it's been teams that haven't been afraid to go at them, to be aggressive. Look at Iowa State this year. 2 minutes left, they get the ball with a minute and a half left. They don't kneel and go to halftime. No, it, it they was throw like a 30, deep pass. It was like 30 seconds left. I mean, it was it was less than a minute. It was, there and, you it, go. and it it reminded me of Bedlam last year. I was like, why is Iowa State doing this and not Oklahoma State? And I I, I don't know. It, it, Saturday will be interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, there's no shame in losing Oklahoma. There's a a great shame in not giving your team a chance. 
Now, yep. the, the elephant in the room is Mason's health. What are you hearing? Yeah, somebody brought this up uh, just now on Facebook. Emily Tassetti. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Do you think Mason will be back to 100% this week? I think that's really held our off, uh, held Oklahoma State's offense up from putting up bigger numbers. I could be talked into that. Um, I have not heard anything about Mason this week. It's been pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quiet. Last week there was a lot of behind-the-scenes talk about it, um, and I haven't heard as much this week. Have you? I haven't heard much of anything, but what's weird to me is after the game, Gundy admits he didn't practice. Mason says he was in pads and just stood there and did mental reps while Cornelius was practicing. But I also heard that he did practice, that he was practicing. So my question is, why would Gundy and them put that out there if that wasn't the case? Are they just trying to play possum? Like, the whole situation's weird. He ran to the locker room against Texas because obviously he was hurt. He didn't have to go to the bathroom. He was with the trainer. Uh, obviously he was hurt. And I just – we didn't hear he was hurt in Bedlam last year until like weeks after. We're like, oh, well, Ma- we heard Mason was hurt. That's why they didn't throw the ball. It just seems as if whenever they don't do what they want offensively or they have a bad day at the office, like all of a sudden we hear these leaks that he didn't practice. Yeah. I heard he practiced too after hearing he didn't practice. So – who knows what's going on? All I know is I don't care if he has Zach Robinson's shoulder. He better throw the football. And if he doesn't, <laughs> OU's winning the game. Um, it, it was weird because in Gundy's press conference on Monday, he said, well, I thought you guys misquoted me about Mason, but it turns out you didn't. Now, I would like to go back and say that he practiced on Thursday, but that's not a real practice for us. I was talking about Tuesday and Wednesday. And I was like, wait, wait a second. Like, what, what is, I, I don't, I don't understand what, what the, it, it, it didn't add up. It was weird. So Gundy just lies basically because <laughs> I asked him, I asked him after the game, I go, Mike, how much do you practice special teams? Cause they have been horrific for two years, three years now. And he said, well, I've been involved in special teams more so than I ever have in my entire career. And then on Monday, he says he didn't even pay attention to special teams no, all week on last Mon- week. On Monday, he was joking. He said he. Oh, he was. It probably read like that, but in the press conference, because I watched it, he said uh, he said I haven't been involved in special teams. I don't know what's going on there. And then he's like started laughing. He's like, I'm jumping jumping back in this week with special teams. So he he was kidding about it. Okay, so he didn't just jump back in this week. <clears throat> no, he's been working on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, who knows what's going on with Mason, but. All I know is he's out there, and if he's out there, you have to throw the ball to win this game. It's that simple. That's OU's biggest weakness. If you try to run the ball 50 times, you will lose. Yeah, and I, I'm afraid that's what they're going to do. Um, let's see here. We got some uh, people were asking. So somebody wanted to know, where did I see this? Uh, how confident are you that if – so, okay, let's say Gundy – this is from Hunter, Hunter Walker. Say Gundy doesn't go conservative and lets it all hang out and Oklahoma State wins Bedlam by three touchdowns. How confident are you guys that Oklahoma State can go to Ames and also get a win and then win out and win the Big 12 championship? If they stomp OU? Yeah, let's say they blow out OU. What's the – Well, what's your... if they blow out OU – then they, they're starting to realize the potential that we've talked about all season, that they're a 2011-esque team. Uh, but I mean, let's let's be honest here. What awaits them in Ames? That Jack Trice, the, the House of Horrors, that could be a primetime game. All bets are off going to Ames. I mean, they haven't played well up there in two or three years. So I, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying if they blow out OU, they're automatically winning out by any means. See, I I kind of think Ames is a little different this time because that's a that's a dicey thing to say, by the way, but. <laughs> Um, Iowa State has a lot to play for. You know, they are um, they are in the driver's seat to win the Big 12, which is crazy, but they are. And let's say they go to Morgantown and, and beat and beat West Virginia. Then all of a sudden, you're not like upsetting a top five team at home. You are playing to get to the Big 12 title. And that is that's way different. I'm not saying they're not going to play well. I'm just saying 
there's a lot more at stake when you're when you're good than when you're just a four and seven team that's trying to upset somebody. So I I sort of feel more confidence because Iowa State's good even than I would if they were like three and seven and and just what's happened there in the past when they've been three and seven. That's a really good point because we've seen so many times in November when teams are in the Big 12 race, when they're up there in the, the playoff standings. Yeah. That's when it's hard to play your best every week, when you know the stakes, when the stakes are higher for you. So, yes, I mean, Iowa State's right in the thick of the Big 12 title hunt just like OSU. So I, I, that's a really good point. Especially when and your program th- hasn't, hasn't done it before. Right. This is a good question. Uh, this is from Gundy's Mullet. OSU fans, deal or no deal? OSU wins, and Baker gets his stash shaved at midfield during the alma mater by the defensive line. OU wins. OU wins, and Baker plants the, the OU flag at midfield. How upset would OSU fans be if Mayfield did this in odds that he does? I Wait. guess the deal or no deal is going into the game, you have to accept both both instances. Oh. oh deal, or no, deal or no deal? Uh, deal definitely for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I get the tra- I get the traffic either way. <laughs> if Baker were to plant the flag, which <laughs> it's it's artificial turf, which I know, but he did the same thing at Ohio State. But what would the reaction be? Like, would students charge the field? Would uh, they throw a turkey leg at him? The turkey leg. Happen? I forgot about that. Uh. You know, I, I think knowing Baker, he would plan it out beforehand, and he would actually have an have a uh, have an OU flag unfurled over the nineteen forty five national champions national championship sign in the in the East End Zone. So he would be going to the locker room, and he would just have one of his minions just unfurl it, and then just just you know do the Tyreek to the to the crowd. I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna plan it. No, I mean, I think it'll be like uh, the OU-Texas game. He was just exhausted and just didn't really do a whole lot. He got the golden hat and celebrated a little, but he didn't run around like a crazy person. I think it'll be similar if he wins in Stillwater. Now, if, if Oklahoma State wins, do you, do you plant the flag? Like, does Ramon run out there and just just throw it down? I mean, it's kind of Baker's move, but yeah, I guess. It would, it would make more sense if you were on the road. Like Iowa State did to Oklahoma. Yeah, it would make sense, except for Baker came to Stillwater and just just <laughs> obliterated Oklahoma State with a Big 12 title on the line in 2015. So, just kind of a of a uh, reminder of that. I'd be I'd be for that. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's not classy." That's whatever. Like that would be awesome. Uh, we had a great question uh, earlier. Who? <laughs> What went down in flames faster, uh, Signer's Heisman campaign or the Orange Factor Twitter account? <laughs> they both went down pretty fast. Were you su- were you su- were you surprised that uh, Gundy said Signer's going to start on Saturday? Stunned. I-, I thought you had to go with the the Hockett kid. I mean, throwing the fact he's from Norman apparently that's pretty cool, but. I mean, Signer's your starting punter. He said he benched him like a reliever, but I would bench him permanently. What has he, what has he done well this year? He he dropped the hold last week. He held on the ball for 25 seconds and got it blocked. You forget the one that went through his hands against Pitt, where he couldn't even kick it out of bounds. Like he has been a calamity. I I, I bench him. I I start Hockett, but Gundy's going with Signer. Yeah, that's what he said. Anyway, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see here, here's my here here's my question. What if what if you're down, <clears throat> you're down three, uh, and it's like uh, a minute left, fourth and two on your own twenty, and you've got a couple of timeouts left. Do you roll Amendola out there, or do you go for it? You're on their 20? You said your own 20. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, you're on OU's 20. You're about to score, essentially. You're down okay. three. So you're basically, three. you kick the field goal, and, you, and, and you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself overtime. Let's say there's like 40 seconds left, not, not a minute, because a minute's a lot. Um, 
or you go for it, go for the win in regulation. Well, just how how at this point with the game on the line can you seriously trot Amendola out there? I mean, I I know I know he's your, I know he's your kicker, and I know you're down three, but you have to throw out convention when you can't make a twenty yard field goal, let alone one from your own twenty. Now I know he made a couple. He made one in uh, West Virginia, so I'm sure he'll run Amendola out there. But I just I go back to you know how many opportunities do you have with this quarterback, with this receiver core, with this offense, and do you really want to put it on the, the foot of a kicker as opposed to your senior quarterback who chose to come back for his senior year with along with James Washington? I don't think you could fault Gundy for going for it. No, I don't either. Isn't it weird that this is Rudolph's first Bedlam game at home, basically? Because freshman and junior year, obviously in Norman, didn't really play his sophomore year. It's just it's just kind of an oddity. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he's one and two, I guess, with an asterisk. You know, he threw one pass. Now, he did throw a pick six, so he did contribute to the loss. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy that, you know, that was only their, what, third game in Morgantown last week, so you kind of get some of that trend-wise if if you lose yeah. a game. You know, I was looking back at uh, passing, and this kind of goes along with what you said about aggression, but they, they have not – the only 300-yard passer they've gotten against OU in the Gundy era was J.W. Walsh in 2015, which is astonishing to me given that they've had Brandon Whedon, Clint Shelf, Zach Robinson, and now Rudolph – and Walsh was the only 300-yard passer in a Bedlam game. I mean, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. And 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 you look back at some of the lines that guys put up, and I, I know that OU's good, and they've had good secondaries and stuff. But Oklahoma State's not had a really really good passing performance. The Walsh, I mean, Walsh was all right. He was that was the night that he was under throwing passes, and guys were running back, and then and then cutting around people uh, for long gains. But they haven't had a great passing performance under Gundy in, in a Bedlam game, really. Well, that's probably by design. <laughs> don't don't want it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's um, that's what you call an outlier with J.W. Walsh, the only 300-yard passer. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, uh, let's talk unis, and then we'll uh, we'll make some picks for the weekend. Let's get to this week's uniform preview, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Eunice Carson, what do you got for Saturday? This is the most confident I've been all season, which is kind of weird considering there's more options when you're at home. But uh, I'm going. They they love the barbed wire Ed Hardy helmet. They love it so much. They 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 put it on display at Big Twelve Media Days. They're going to wear that with the orange face mask this time, and they wore it with the black one against Pitt because that orange face mask pairs nicely with the orange jersey and the black pants. They've traditionally at times gone with the black, orange, black looking bedlam. I think they do it again this time with the barbed wire helmet. Yeah, I'm black, orange, black as well, um, but I'm not barbed wire. I am the sheriff badge, or I'm not the, ba- the sheriff badge, the marshal badge uh, for one reason. And that's because of what Baker Mayfield said in 2015. New sheriff in town, you got to go badge against against Baker in Stillwater. Oh, uh, the so barbed I, wire's got one too, right? Oh, yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. Well, I'll stick with can't, mine. Can't, because, can't switch your pick, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to pick the exact same thing as you. I, I, they do love the Ed Hardy helmet, but I'm going to stick with the uh, – man, I, I love that badge helmet. They wore it against Central Michigan. They wore it against Texas. I hope they wear it on Saturday because black, orange, black with that would be an awesome look. South Alabama, they wore it, the chrome the chrome face mask. Yeah, um, that was awesome. But, yeah, I, but I could also see a curveball. I could see them going black, black, orange. You know, they've never worn that mm. in Bedlam. All black? I could, I could see all black. I could see orange, black, orange. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of options. But uh, all black could be a sneaky pick. But I think, the, think you got to wear some orange. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and make some picks. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. 
They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, chips are down. Who's your pick for Saturday? Well, I mean, you know, I've had the, the Gundy narrative for a long time that he coaches differently in this game. I was ahead of the head of the curve. Everyone caught up last year when they watched them just completely go into a shell in the second half. I have to see it to believe it, um, that Gundy will coach this game like he coaches every other game. Um, with aggression, with, you know, just do what you do. Don't go, don't, don't button up. Don't be conservative. And there's an old phrase that fortune favors the bold. And we know who the bold is in this matchup. It's Baker Mayfield. It's Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley runs trick plays every week. Uh, Mike Gundy coaches. There's too much evidence for me that OSU will not do what they do best in this game. Now they have the better defense. I think OU's defense is playing a lot better than people realize. Their fr- yeah. four-man front is tough to run against. It, it really shut down Tech in the second half. They play good against Tech. And their defense every year has gotten better as the season's gone along. Once they get into November, their defense is playing pretty well. We saw that last year. Uh, we've seen that in prior years with Oklahoma. And I just don't know if OSU will test their secondary enough. And I just I can't pick against Baker Mayfield in this game. He's lost two Big 12 games in his career. He has a much better record against top 25 opponents than Mason Rudolph does. I don't know about Mason's health as well. I'm picking Oklahoma, and I'm picking him fairly convincingly. I'm picking him 42 to 31. Mm. Uh, Baker's never talk lost. Me, talk me out of it. Baker's never lost a true road game. Is that right? Yep. That's no. He lost. Uh, oh yeah, he lost at home, and then he lost the Texas game. 12 and 0. Not good. Yeah. Uh, I, against my better judgment and against my wife's wishes, because she said people will hate you and you won't get traffic to your site, I'm picking <laughs> OU. Uh, Tiger Woods is coming back in uh, December. People are excited. Um, people who don't follow golf are excited. People who do follow golf are excited. And just like with Tiger, with Oklahoma State, I got to see it. I got to see something different to, to believe something different. Because over and over and over again, I've seen Tiger come back, get hurt, come back, get hurt. S- same old thing, right? And that's kind of, I was, I was writing about that today. And I was like, this is the exact same thing as Bedlam. You know, like you think you have a good team, you get beat. You think you have a good team, you get beat. Something happens, you get beat. And I don't know, I don't necessarily know why this year is going to be different. You know, I, I I hope it is. That'd be great for me if it is. Be great for Oklahoma State if it is. But um, I don't know. I, I just I I got to see it first. You know, and I, I I think I picked Oklahoma State last year. I think I picked them in. I don't know. I pick them all the time. But I just think that um, it's it's not all these stats that we're talking about. All all these different things, game plan. What it's I think it's going to come down to um, to Mayfield being the best player on the field. And to Oklahoma carrying itself like it's won 10 Big 12 titles, which it has, and Oklahoma State not. And I, I again, that's not me hating on OSU. I hope that's not the case, but I'm afraid it will be. Well, and there was a great there was a great clip that I tweeted out from ESPN where Kevin Wilson was diagramming the 2010 play, where OU has the ball in their own 20. It's second down or maybe third down, second second or third down. The entire stadium thinks they're going to run the football to run out the clock. And Bob Stoops gets on the headset with Kevin Wilson and says, run the play action. It's there. Let's go for it. Yeah. They run the play action wide open, touchdown, James Hanna, the rest is history. Would Mike Gundy do that in this game? Yeah, I don't I know. don't think he would. Now, Bob Stoops isn't here. This is another factor we haven't really discussed. Is Lincoln Riley going to coach differently in this game knowing the stakes? We don't know yet. But I just – I can't go out on that limb and say, well, Mike Gunny's going to do this differently than he ever has. I mean, even that 2011 game that I brought up, I mean, they ran the football and they were only up by like six or seven going into halftime until they got a late turnover. Now, Baker Mayfield doesn't turn it over at all, hardly. He did throw an interception against Tech. His throws were a little more loose than they have in recent years. 
So could the OSU defense swing this game? They absolutely could. Could the OSU defense do what the 2011 defense did and take the take the conservative game plan completely out of Mike's hands by giving them two turnovers right in the red zone, two easy scores, boom, you're off and running. That can happen. If that happens, OSU's going to be in business. But if it's a tight game, OSU's backed up in their own end zone, need to, need to go score, you and I have seen it time and time again. I just I don't think Mike Gundy will coach aggressive enough in this game. Now, has his son Gavin been talking all the smack at the dinner table saying Carson Cunningham's <laughs> calling you a gutless wonder in Bedlam? We're going to find out. I hope maybe he'll so. Prove, maybe, maybe he'll prove me wrong. But Mike Gundy would like <clears> to take a, take a knee on a, on a kickoff to, to end the first half. This is what I've seen in Bedlam. What are you going to do if he puts the reins on Tyron on the kickoff? Just he takes a knee at the 20? I mean, just it'll be par for the course. <laughs> but uh, no, I but mean, I, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. Look, look, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think people think you and I are OU lovers or anything close to that nature. OU, OSU haters, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about OSU sports if, if that was the case. But as you've said, we've seen this movie before. Will it have a different ending, or are we just going to keep uh, expecting the same ending? I expect the same ending. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if I said the score, but I'm saying 38-33 uh, OU. So I think it'll yep. be one of those games sort of like, <clears throat> what was it, uh, 2010, where Oklahoma State scores late to make it look maybe a little closer than it actually was. Um, so, yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Oklahoma State wins 60 to nothing. But, um, yeah, got to see it to believe it. So it should be fun. I'm coming up uh, tomorrow we will both be there. Kyle Boone will be there. All, everybody in media in Oklahoma will be there. Um, yep. So it, it should be a good time. And, uh, yeah, enjoy your spot uh, on the J.W. Walsh deck at Top Boone Pickens Stadium on Saturday, Carson. I can't wait. At least it'll be warm. I won't need to warm my hands, so yeah, it'll be good. that'll be good. That'll be good. So, <laughs> Okay, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All on. right. Sounds See good. You.